And a very good morning to each and every one here. So glad to see each and every one. And welcome to all those who will be joining us virtually. And today is August the 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2021. Let's begin our worship with reading of congregational scripture together. Shall we read? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. so then we can go to God in prayer with these. Um, we rejoice with Lex Jr. that he would put on the Lord in baptism. And uh, he's obviously going through a difficult time, but it is a, uh, it's a great day on this Lord's Day that Lex Jr. has, has uh, been baptized. Um, Nancy, uh, um, Nancy Page has been diagnosed with C. diff, so she's struggling with C. diff. We want to keep her in our prayers. Uh, Richard Bauer and uh, Carol O'Neill are both starting radiation for their uh, treatments as well. So let's uh, keep these as well as others in our prayers as we, as we go to God. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've given us. Father, for the ones that are here and are healthy, we thank you. Father, there's many that we know of personally in our lives that are struggling with the virus. Um, several kids are struggling at, uh, you know, at home with, with the virus and schools are having difficult times. We pray, Father, for all of these struggles that we're, we're dealing with right now. But Father, we know that um, ultimately you are in charge. You are the great physician. Father, you can change all these things, and we, we just, we thank you, we praise you, we look to you, and we give you all the glory for the, for all of the good things that we have in our life. Father, many things that we go throughout day to day that um, are good, that happens to us, and, and we often, we, we don't think about it, we take these blessings for granted, but Father, we need to Sometimes we need to learn to slow down and, and see that, uh, that these great things that are happening in our lives because of you and your, and your providence in our lives. Father, we, um, we pray for all of those that are on our bulletin and our sick list that uh, need your helping hand. Um, 
We want to say a a special prayer this morning for Carrie Berkey, the minister at Rockledge, who uh, continues to decline with uh, struggling with fighting COVID. Uh, I don't understand that he's on a ventilator right now, but um, it's got to be tough. And um, we pray that uh, you just continue to be with all of the all of the things that are on our hearts and minds this morning. Father, help us to worship you in spirit and in truth as we as we continue this service. Help us to help us to learn from your word. Help us to edify one another in singing psalms and songs of praise. We thank you, Father, and we love you and and we pray that you continue to bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next song will help prepare our minds for observance of the Lord's Supper. morning in the auditorium Bible class a um, couple symbols came up in the, in the course of events that we talked about a, t- a peg or a nail we talked about uh, basically even a tent peg but it created a stronghold it became something to hold on to as the people came back from captivity they had a place that was anchored anchored to the promise that God had made to Abraham many many generations earlier and along with that was talking about the remnant Sometimes we think about a remnant. We talk about those that came back out of captivity. We think of like a patch of cloth or something. But the definition is almost more like a rope or a string. And you take that and you tie it to a peg, you've got something that secures something of value, something that they can hold on to and it isn't going to go away. It's not going to disappear in a storm or just as life goes. That's part of why we do communion each week here. It's something that we hold on to, something that keeps that peg mounted, keeps our cord tight, something we can hold on to. The bread represents Christ's body, a body that he willingly sacrificed on our own, on our behalf, as a penalty for our sins was death. The grape juice in this awesome little bottle represents his blood, the only thing anywhere, anytime, that was pure enough to wash away our sins, allow us life with God. So please bow with me as we remember 
and keeps us anchored. Dear Lord, we're thankful for your love and mercy, love and mercy which uh, gave us a path to reconciliation, a path of forgiveness, a path to once again be known as your children. Father, the choices in our life, we walked away. But we know that your son uh, willingly gave his own life on the cross. He uh, faced accusations that um, he was trying to tear the world apart. He was actually there to build it back up. Father, we're thankful that he took our sins with him in death. We're thankful that he overcame death in the three days in the cave and rose again with the promise that we have. Father, we say, take, as we take this bread, may we remain anchored to that promise and always know that as hard as the world gets, you're there for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bow with me again. Dear Lord, as we take this fruit of the vine, which represents the, the blood of your son, we, uh, sometimes we, we, why, we think to ourselves, why did he have to die? How, so, how cruel and I can't believe that it happened. But we also know that his blood was the only thing pure enough to wash away our sin. He paid that price, a death that, was, that we had earned, and he took our place. Father, as we take this blood, take this fruit of the vine which represents his blood, may we remember what he did. May we remember the, the torture that he had, the uh, just hanging on the cross itself, taking the, um, the words of people, the torture of people. We know how hard that is on each one of us. Father, we're also thankful that his, um, his life was restored after, the, after being buried. We're thankful for a, a path to the way our old life be buried in baptism and to be brought back anew. Father, we uh, remember this as we take this fruit of the vine and we look to the hope, the hope of that promise which we have to hold on to. In Jesus' name we pray. you pray with me please most gracious and loving heavy father we have set this time aside to return to you just a portion of that which you have given us even in the middle of this COVID and storms over our country we are still truly blessed let us give with a good heart Lord not because we have to but because we want to may everyone here be blessed in Christ's name we pray Amen.
I want to start out by saying this is a spiritual message, not a political message. This is a message for the time that we're in, specifically with the surroundings that we are in, but not necessarily because of our differences in politics. The reason why I'm saying that is because anything and everything that you say right now in some way at this point in our society and our culture is directly affected and directly relates to politics. It's a weird time in life, ain't it? So today's message is not a political message. I want to be really clear about that. It is not a political message. I'm not making a stand for anything in politics. I am making a stand for the Lord and his word and the scriptures and just what they say. So I want to be really clear before I get started because, man, it is so easy right now to have your words twisted. It's easy right now to have people make up their minds about who you are or where you're trying to come from or assume the angle you're trying to push. I just want to be really clear. My message today is not political, it's spiritual. And so by saying that, I want to pray real quick because the content we're going to talk about today I think is a little bit difficult and the timing is not by accident, um, but that doesn't make it any easier. So let's pray. Father God, we come before you, Lord, we are grateful to be your children. God, we are grateful to have a God like you that looked down on us in our brokenness, in our futility, and still saw the good in us, still saw you in us, still, saw, still had the desire to, to be with us, to reconcile to us, to redeem us. Father, we are grateful for your love, the love that we experience only through you. We've never been shown love by anybody in this world the way you've shown us love. And Father, we're living in a, in a time that I, I would say very few in, in this room, in, the, in, this, in this present time, have experienced anything like this before. And it's confusing, Lord, and to make things worse, every, every person has the truth and it's all different. Well, truth isn't different. So someone's lying. Maybe everybody's lying. Maybe everybody's operating from a place of, I don't know, but I have to say something. Not really sure, Lord. It's a confusing time. And we're praying for wisdom. We're praying for guidance. Lord, we know that Christians have been through some of the craziest persecutions in the world, Lord. We know that the world has faced times of trial and, and sickness and, and, and disease. None of this stuff is new. There's always the fear of missing out. Father, I just pray that we really think about our lives. We take away all the other stuff for a minute. Just take it all away. And help us to really think about our own lives. Our relationship with you. And what your word says. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Can't spend too long on the prayer, even though prayer is important, because I already know that I'm going to end up going too long today. All right, Hebrews chapter 2 is where I want to start. Starting in verse 14, it says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and, the, and deliver all those who through fear of death we're subject to lifelong slavery. Look, I want you to understand something that's very important. We're going to start off with the hardest one. We're going to get right to the point right at the beginning. One of Satan's strongest tools in his toolbox, okay? One of the things he loves to use that can actually enslave you for a lifetime. Did you read that scripture? I just read it. Read it again. It can enslave you for a lifetime is fear of death. 
Whoa. Why did you start right there? How often do you operate out of fear of death? Look, there is a healthy operational form of fearing death, right? For example, when I was in uh, college, my parents came up to, to visit me up at OVU, and we went to my relative's area, and they lived in this area of Ohio called Rockbridge. And in Rockbridge, there was this really cool waterfall that was way up, and it was like where Indians used to have their homes, and, and it was just this beautiful area we used to go to, even as, as kids, because my family lived beside it, we went and visited. So for some reason on this trip, we decided we were going to go visit it. And this waterfall had this tree that was overhanging the waterfall right off the edge. I mean, it just hung perfectly off the edge. And I looked at it, and I saw monkey bars. I was like, man, you know it would be really cool right now to hang off this tree over the edge of this waterfall. And I did it. I didn't think about it for a second. I just did it. I pulled on the tree because I've had trees fall on me before. Pulled on the tree, seemed pretty secure, jumped out on a limb and hung and said, hey mom! And my mom and my wife were down there and they were screaming, you're an idiot! What are you doing? You're gonna die! Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. There is a healthy part of fearing death. You are not invincible. Nobody's saying run into a wall as hard as you can and fear nothing. I want to start here on purpose, okay? There is a healthy part. It is okay to take precautions in life. There's nothing wrong with that. I tell the young people all the time, people who live in the fast lane all the time have fast lives. Right? There is a healthiness to having precautions to protect yourself so that you will have a long life. Scripture says, kids, listen to your parents. Why? Because the days of your life will be longer because you've listened to your parents. Why? Because they're going to tell you the things that are going to kill you. <laughs> they're going to tell you what to stay away from because they care about you. And even when you don't want to hear it, they're going to tell you. but to operate, to create an entire society, an entire culture that lives and operates out of fear of death would be catastrophic. See, it's one thing, again, to take precautions. It's another thing to live a life where everything you do is to avoid death. John 11. And this is that passage where Jesus is going to resurrect Lazarus. It says, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, remember he was delayed, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. While he was still speaking, they, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your, da your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. Look, I want you to see things that are happening right here. These are two different passages, okay? They're two different passages talking about two completely different things. You've got Jesus right before he goes to resurrect Lazarus. Does Jesus know he's going to resurrect Lazarus? This is just a spur-of-the-moment thing, decision he decides because everybody's crying. Does Jesus know he's about to resurrect Lazarus? Okay, and then you got this one right here. 
He walks in, same situation. Someone's dead. Everybody's crying. Everybody's upset, right? Now I want you to see how Jesus reacts right here. This is the, this is the, uh, the teacher's child. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brothers of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead, but sleeping. He comes in to this situation, and he says, What's all this about? What are you getting so upset for? Now, let me tell you something. Anybody who's experienced the loss of someone before their time understands that it is, there is no mourning like that. There is no grief like that. It's one thing, you know, I always pertain it to, like when a child loses their grandparent. Because they're a child, it's very hard for them to understand. And usually grandparents are like the favorites, right? Everybody loves their grandparents. Unless you're a bad, if your grandchildren don't love you, I mean, you've done something real bad. I've never met a grandchild don't love their grandparents. And that's some grief. But when a parent loses a child, that's a whole different level of grief. Okay? So I want you to see what's going on here. This parent has lost his child. Jesus walks in and says, what it, why? What is all this for? This child's not dead, he's only sleeping. When he goes to Lazarus, Lazarus is not a young man. Lazarus is certainly not a child. Most of us would have said, right, I'm, I'm 39 years old. If I go today, hey, I've had a really nice life. I've lived a really nice life. I've got to do a lot of things I wanted to do. I remember when I was 18 years old, Okay, and they were talking Y2K and all this other stuff. And I was thinking, Lord, I literally was praying, Lord, just let me get married first, right? There were things I still wanted to do. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. I wanted to have a family. Well, guess what? I've got that. Would I like to see, there's, is there still more things I'd like to see happen with my life? Sure. But if I go today, I've had a good life. Maybe I'm close to Lazarus' age, right? You got a child, you got an older man, middle-aged man. Whatever age you want to make him, I don't really care. He's not a child. And when Jesus comes to this crowd, is it because he has no emotion? Is it because he has no connection to the other people and these are his friends, so we have a different reaction? When he comes to this crowd and they're weeping and they're upset over Lazarus being dead, it overcomes him. Y'all see this? Right? Shortest passage in the Bible, Jesus wept. Why? Why does he walk into a house of mourning over a child and he walks into a gravesite of, of an older man and have completely different responses? Have you ever considered that Jesus didn't weep because he was sad because everybody else was sad? He knew he was about to resurrect him. What if he was weeping, and this is just me, I'm just making a guess, but what if he was weeping because he realized that some of the most faithful, strongest people in the world, some of the most spiritually based People in the world were around him in this moment, right? Don't you think Mary and Martha were special? That was Lazarus' sisters. How many of the disciples were with him? 
How many of them were affected? Why? Because Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they worked right alongside the disciples. These are their friends that have died. It is affecting everybody in his group. And why is it affecting everybody in his group? Because death is still that powerful, even to the strongest Christians. Why? Because there's separation. Does Mary and Martha doubt the power of Jesus? No, they both talk to him, and we've, discovered, we've discussed this before. They both talk to him, and they both say, hey, if you'd have just came earlier, you would have been able to heal him. They're not struggling with faith. They're struggling with the power of death, the finality of death in this life. What's that say? Even the strongest Christian person in this room still probably struggles at times with the fear of death. What else does that say? Let me tell you what it says. It says that this world, even as bad as we say it is, even as rough as it can be, even as crazy as the times are getting today, right? Man, we can still find a whole lot of good in this world, can't we? Still a whole lot of that's good about life, right? Whoop. Look at Galatians chapter 6, starting verse 11. See with what large letters I'm writing to you. Paul is saying that because he wants everybody to understand. Normally, he has a scribe, right? If you read the scriptures and you understand, Paul had problems with his vision. Right? That was one of the things he struggled with. But all these guys who wrote lots of books always had scribes during this time, and very few of them actually wrote with their own hands. Okay? They spoke, somebody else wrote. It's like dragon of today. Right? Talk into the mic and it'll type it out for you. If I had that in college, I would have, oof. We got a lot better scores on my grammar. See with what large letters I'm writing to you. I'm writing with my, this is so important, I'm writing it with my own hand. I want you to know it came straight from me. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. So here we go. We're on to the next one. Fear of persecution. It happens in the church. These are people who are wrestling with what's going on in the church. They're arguing over circumcision. Why? Because for thousands of years, that was the seal of God's people. It would have been extremely important to the Jews, even in the New Testament, especially very early in the New Testament. It would have divided churches. And it did. So people, Gentiles, were being converted into Christianity, and even though they were being taught, hey, Jesus came to abolish, to abolish the law. Why did he have to abolish the law? Because we were slaves under the law. Why were we slaves under the law? Because you could not live up to the standard of the law. So the law was always making you guilty. How many sins does it take to go to hell? How many sins, how many, um, how many times do you have to break the law before you're guilty of the entire law, according to the scriptures? Everybody's guilty. So they're hearing the law is being abolished. You've been saved from the law. The law uh, that has held you under guilt is now being wiped away. But, by the way, but by the way, there's still this one law that has to be abided by. If you're a man and you just got baptized, you need to, you know... There's a little more you need to take care of. And people were going to do it. Not because it made sense. Not because it was a perfectly rational and logical argument. Not because they had all the facts and knew exactly what the truth was. They were going to do it to avoid persecution. Because fear divides. Luke 
Luke 15. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to the father, Father, give me a share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into, the far, into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Whoa. Whoa. This thing is, I think the batteries are going bad on this. It is all over the place. Sorry, guys. I just wanted to highlight this one because I think there's a fear. And I, I didn't want to make this so heavy that the kids weren't really uh, in the same place. But I'm going to tell you, kids, you deal with fear too. Maybe it's not the fear of death. In fact, most kids don't fear death. They're not even thinking about death. Death is the farthest thing from them. That's why I hung from a tree 100 feet up like, nothing bad can happen here. I have good grip. Maybe you don't deal with fear of persecution. I think you do. But maybe it's a different type of persecution, a persecution in your social circle, a persecution of, oh, if I don't look a certain way, if I don't say a certain thing, if I don't dress a certain way, if I don't act a certain way, people aren't going to like me persecution. But I know every kid, every kid, deals with the fear of missing out. Man, what if, what if all these opportunities that have come my way, that I've said no, because the Bible clearly states that these things are sinful and they're not going to lead to any, what if, what if none of that's real and I've missed out? That's exactly what led the prodigal son in the parable to go to his dad and say, I want my inheritance now. Because if I wait till you die, I'm going to be too old to go get what I want. That's also why he took that money and he didn't stay two, two houses down from his dad's house. He went far away. Because the things he was about to do, look what it says. It says reckless living, okay? That's a very nice version of the things that he probably did. All right? Because he went to another, he went to a foreign land. Why? So the word didn't get back to his dad what he was doing with all his money. That's why. Because he didn't want the people he grew up with knowing what he was about to go do. Because he was afraid he was missing out. He was afraid that the culture that he lived in had taught him a life to where he was missing out on all these other things. Well, guess what happened? Once he goes and gets it all, he realizes, I didn't miss out. I was fed a bunch of lies. And everything I sought to get, everything I came over here to get, I'm as empty as I was when I left. I'm more empty than I was when I left. In fact, I've never been to this type of bottom. In fact, my dad, the, 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 the slaves that work at his house live a better life than I just created for myself. You know, Jesus promised us, I, I want to take this full circle before I get to the take-homes. Jesus promised us that we, we, we would be persecuted. Y'all realize that, right? They hated me. What? They'll hate you. He promised us, if you're living a good Christian life, the world is not going to like you. Why? Because his kingdom's not of this world. He also promised you that you would overcome death. He also said death has no victory, death has no sting. That's really difficult, right? Tell that to somebody who just lost somebody. Death has no sting. No, it stings. But the real sting, that lasting sting, right? That, it's like a bee sting. You fill it for a moment, you wipe it off, and it goes away. Why? Because those of us who are in Christ, those of us who are living for something more than this world, understand that the best part of life will never be here. I don't care what your best moment is in life. Listen to me. There is nothing good about this world compared to heaven. 
Like I said, we live in a crazy time. Anybody in here thinking, man, it's just time for all this to end? No! Because we're humans, we can find the good in anything. It's one of the most amazing parts about us. We have overcome. I got three take-homes and I'm done. The fear of death, persecution, and missing out are a part of life, but we cannot let fear be the driving force in our life unless it's fear of the Lord. Unless it's fear of the Lord. The only thing you should fear is the Lord. What? Proverbs 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. That's what we should fear. The Lord. Not life. Not death. Not powers. Not persecution. Not our health. We should fear the Lord. Matthew 10, 26, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but can, cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That's why you fear the Lord, because there is something after this life. And there is something that is way better than anything you'll ever experience after this life. And you have to walk through that door to figure it out, to actually see what it is. You cannot imagine how good heaven is. You ever have a conversation with people about heaven? Nobody knows what it is. You know why? Because you haven't even experienced anything close to it. What you think you know is good, you don't even know what good is compared to what you're gonna experience in heaven. You can't describe it. You've never experienced it. It's impossible. So be worried about the person. Don't be worried about people. Don't be worried about a disease. Don't be worried about these things in life. Again, again, I didn't say you don't use caution. I didn't say don't take precautions. I said don't operate out of a place of fear. Don't allow the world to trick you into fearing that which has no power over you. Nothing in this life has power over you. Except for Jesus Christ. That's why we fear God. Because we don't want to miss out on the good that he's promised us. Because we might die in this life, and guess what? I hate to break it to you, but we all are gonna. Unless Jesus comes back before we do, we're all gonna. Right? Matthew 10, 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Look, he says, if God will take care of the birds, the insignificant birds, and some of y'all are bird watchers, and I get it. I love beautiful things. I love fish and birds because of how beautiful and colorful they are. I like them too. But the only thing they ever do is poop on my window and sing when I'm trying to sleep in. Right? I can make it real negative if I want to. And God takes care of them. Have we forgot that God's going to take care of us? Fear not, you are more valuable than many sparrows. So acknowledge God in your life, even in the midst of chaos. You know, people say, go, 
go do this, go do that. You can talk about therapeutics. You can talk about vaccines. You can talk about all this stuff. And see, I, that's why I said, I don't want to, don't flip this on me. Let's not get political. You know what I keep saying? Because we're having this, we're having some arguments in my own family. I'm not going to air out our laundry. Don't worry. I'm going to read my group text actually right now. Melissa's <laughs> well, like, don't do that. And I'm sure you guys are having issues in your own families. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody knows what's going on, but nobody really knows what's going on. I'm the worst at that. You know what it ultimately comes down to for me? Maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm crazy. I've said this about a lot of things in life, and I think people have taken this as an excuse for me. It's never been an excuse one day of my life. I just don't let the world dictate what, how I think. I don't let the world dictate how I'm going to feel about a situation. You know what the bottom line is for me? COVID didn't number my days. I'm just being honest with you. You don't have to agree. It's fine. This is my philosophy. COVID didn't number my days. My Nissan Titan didn't number my days. Okay, every single individual choice in my life did not number my days. The amount of times I went to the gym did not number my days, right? All my healthy choices did not number my days. Every time I ate a good meal instead of chocolate bunnies did not number my days. You understand? God numbered my days. And when my day comes, it's going to be because that's the number that God gave me. You know what's hard to understand about that? When people's life gets cut short. Because at the end of the day, guess what? God numbered their days too. My life is not in control of this world. It's, the world is not in control of it. Sickness is not in control of it. Guys, my days are numbered by the Lord. That's scripture. We know that. We have people in our congregation who doctors told years ago they shouldn't be here anymore. They're still here. You know why? Because the doctors didn't number their days. God did. Okay, I'm done. Hold on. Oh, yeah. For Jews demand a sign and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I just want you to understand this. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. The things in scripture that you think are the most foolish things the things that you have the hardest time wrapping your head around, the things that you have the hardest time sharing with the world, the foolish things of God are wiser than all of the wisdom in this world for all of mankind. You are not dealing with a Lord that can be surprised and that is not ready. God knew COVID was coming. So here's the truth. The only thing in this life to fear is the Lord. The only thing in this life to fear is the Lord. And that's only if you don't have the blood of Christ. Because if you got the blood of Christ then you have perfect love. You're not going to be perfect at loving. God is perfect at loving. And once you understand that, you don't need to fear the Lord anymore. Because just like he knew COVID was coming, he knew all your bad choices before he ever forgave you. 
He knew every bad thing you were going to do. You know, I was talking to a friend about it, and I wish I could say the worst things that ever happened in my life, the worst moments of my life, the worst choices I ever made in my life were, you know, 20 years ago before I got baptized, but that's not the truth. It's not the truth. Some of y'all can say that y'all waited long enough in life. Right? Some of us can't say that we got baptized at 16. A lot of bad things happened after that age. But I don't have fear. I don't fear the Lord. I don't fear the Lord in the way that I'm afraid like I just did something wrong and my dad's going to punish me. I fear the Lord because I don't want to ever be separated from him again. But I know because of his perfect love, I don't have to fear. Does that make sense? That's why death has no victory. Satan has no power and sin has no hold. But God is the judge and he will separate the sheep from the goats. That is a reality of scripture. And it's the only reason to fear anything. I don't want to be a goat. I still remember Kyla. Nope. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all were there that night. I don't want to be a goat. I just want to be a sheep. Listen, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I am telling you there is power in the name of Jesus, not just in the next life, but in this life right here. There is a lot of people that are losing their mind because of the fear that has encapsulated the entire world. The most brave people in the world right now are Christians, especially Christians that know my days are numbered by the Lord. I can live in confidence knowing that the day I die is the day that was cast for me. So if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you do because it is only by the blood of Christ that any of us will get to heaven and none of us will be uh, goats. For those of us who have, I pray that you live in boldness and I pray that you do not operate in this moment out of fear. Fear breeds anxiety. Fear breeds worry. Fear breeds doubt. Fear breeds division. Oh, you don't agree with me? Stay away from me then. Right? You don't see that right now? Oh, you're not vaccinated? Don't come in my store. Oh, you're not vaccinated? You can't work for me anymore. Oh, you're not vaccinated? Don't move to New York. I'm being honest. Look, I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. That's your choice. Don't operate out of fear. Christians operate out of hope and love. Hope destroys fear because our hope says death was defeated. Our hope says that even though we're guilty, we're innocent because of the blood of Christ. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? If not, you can do that as together we stand and sing. If you are tired of the load of your sin, let Jesus come into your heart. If you desire a new life to begin, let Jesus come into your heart. Just now your doubtings give o'er. Just now reject him no more. Just now
Thank you, Matt. I like the last verse, probably that sums up the best. Reward focuses, I mean, fear focuses on the penalties rather than the rewards. Keep the reward in sight and don't worry so much about the penalties. With your own salvation, sometimes you're going to have to step out on that to save another uh, without, without the fear of losing your own. So I like that. Uh, ironically, public speaking is a fear people, sometimes people, more people fear public speaking than fear death itself. I always find that to be a strange statistic. Um, so Matt proclaims neither to fear neither part of that. So that's good. Um, pick up a bulletin. Well, start out. Thanks for joining us here this morning. Uh, a lot of people are not getting out right now. They don't feel that it's the safest thing to do for their own self. Make your decisions on what's best. Uh, we have live stream. Live stream seems to be working today, which is always a good thing because Steve and I call it the dead stream half the time. Um, so some people are joining us on their own orange carpet at home. Uh, they were able to sing. They're able to hear the sermon today. And they're tuned in with the prayers and uh, hopefully even take communion. So that's an option for those of you that feel that's the safest option for you. Uh, at 5 o'clock, we have a mask-required worship. We've been averaging 25, 30 people. The nice thing about that is you can spread out and take about as much space as you want. Mask is required. There are some people that only come to that service because that's what feels best for them. We ask that you help to, to manage that. Uh, grab yourself a bulletin. We have some out there in the foyer. They're also available on Facebook. Uh, you'll probably get one email, mail, however you usually get one. Those are available too. Um, I'm going to highlight a couple things in there. The prayer list and such is... Um, it is what it is. It's not good, always. Um, Marie Adams, the mother of Steve Adams, passed away this week after fighting COVID. Um, she, they came here in the beginning of the year, I think, to move to the area and such. Um, I think they came, were able to come a couple times and she wasn't able to get out. She uh, would mail a contribution and she would always include a little card, just a simple card, but it would always say, God bless. So as I did that, I always put it, it's one that's kind of tipped over, but it's on top of that riser back there just because that's how I do it at home. So it's hard for all of us, but God bless is always a good word. And uh, we remember Marie for that faith. Uh, Steve mentioned earlier, Carrie Berkey, the minister down at Rockless Church of Christ. Carrie's an ICU on a ventilator. Um, it's, that's not good news. It's, um, so anyways, keep the Berkey family and the, uh, the ch church down at Rockledge in your prayers too. We also got news this week that uh, Cheryl Wayne Lawton, Lawton, I don't even know how to say his last name, Cheryl Wayne, if you came to the uh, Widowhood workshop that we had here last February, he was the song leader guy. Um, Cheryl's a, he's a great guy. Anyways, he found out that this week that he has colon cancer. He's supposed to see a surgeon this week. Uh, a lot of times that stuff's operable. It's not a pleasurable thing, but it's operable and treatable. So pray that that's the case for him and pray that he keeps up his fervor for the ministry. Um, he goes wherever Dean Miller would go. He would just go to lead singing his own faith as a, as a widow, widower himself. As he jump in his Camaro. He had a Camaro, right? His Camaro, I think. I think that's what he drove. I think he just drive across the country just to lead singing. So may I have that faith one day. May I be a song leader someday. Not really, but you know. That faith to do that is amazing. Uh, Karen White's friend, uh, Sue Perry, is an ICU after a stroke. And uh, Gail Griffin's niece, Angie Shiflett, and her husband, Chad. Chad's uh, in ICU on a vent with COVID in Washington. However, she's in Georgia, so she's not allowed to even talk to him. Um, it's a, if you have, if you, hopefully you've not been in a situation like that where you've got family that you cannot talk to and you cannot see, and it's just, all you can do is talk to a nurse, maybe, or a case manager, maybe, and get an update, and it's, it's hard. You want to tell them you love them. You want to tell them, I'm here for you, and it's hard to, you can't get that message there. So, pray for them. It's a very tough place to be. Um, Nancy Page, Nancy Page is a, uh, They've been home for a while. Nancy has C. diff. Um, that's not a, that's a tough, tr uh, tough thing to treat. Don Page uh, would like prayers, but he'd also like visitors. Not to go inside where, where Nancy has a C. diff, but if you're able to see Don, uh, you know, give him a call, drop in and see Don. It's been a while, and uh, he, get, he says he'd be up to some visitors. So. Their daughter, Carol, Carol O'Neill, will be in uh, radiation treatments this week. I believe Mike told me she's going to have four weeks of radiation treatment for the breast cancer that she had. And Richard Bauer, the husband of Wanda Bauer, Richard's going to start radiation this week, too. Um, chemo was too tough for him. Not going to be the, the best option, so radiation is the direction they're going to go. Um, Lex Jr., Lex Neath's son, um, Lex was baptized this week. Lex said, and that's, a, that's the great news. We all 
we uh, celebrate with that. Like I said, uh, his brother and his brother-in-law, right, were able to uh, get him in the pool and baptize him. He was, that was, he was interested in that, and that's what he wanted, and uh, they are very thankful that it's happening. We all are. Uh, the sad news about Lex Jr. is they've, uh, they've called in hospice, mainly for the medical, medicine management. Uh, medicine management is a hard thing to do. Take your pills, take your meds on time, every day, every single day. And hospice is amazing at that. And they said they got a nurse coming in every day to do that. Um, so anyways, keep the, the Pierce family in your prayers for all that. We're, we rejoice with his baptism. Um... Also pray for the people of Haiti after that uh, tragic earthquake. Um, they don't have FEMA. There's nothing like that there. Uh, like here, if we had a hurricane or something, you'd think things would clean up and you'd figure out a way. Not in Haiti. It, that just that ain't the case. At people of Afghanistan, if you've tuned on the news, if you've even hit the internet, you've probably seen something. Uh, it's tragic the the lives of Americans and foreign nationals as well as the people of Afghanistan. What's being set back? Or please pray for each of them. Uh, hurricanes have hit Mexico, and uh, today there's one hitting New England. I think it hit Rhode Island, if I'm right. Um, although they're used to nor'easters up there, uh, hurricanes are usually a little bit different. So pray for those people. We've been through it. We know what kind of cleanup and such there'll be. Um, there's also a plea in the bulletin for communion help. Um, that's always, it seems to be a hard thing to do, is find people who will help prepare communion. That was one of the first ways I, I began to serve here. They, uh, they had a need, and I would actually do it Sunday morning. Um, but fill the, so we need grape juice in those little bottles and take the little crackers and put them in the Ziploc bags. They make about 150 bags, 140, 140 bags a week is what they put together. So it takes half hour, 45 minutes, something like that, right? Usually two people is good. It's a great way to serve. If you've never done something like that, it's just time and putting it together. But uh, see Wanda Fitzgerald, that's a, it's a good place to serve. Like I say, it's, you don't have to stand in front of a mic or anything else. It's just a simple thing. Um, we're packing up bread right after services in the fellowship room. They're packing up bread for tomorrow's food pantry. So if you're part of that, join them. You've got a few minutes to spare to help the community. That's the place to be, in the fellowship room. Uh, this coming Saturday, there's a one-day lectureship at South Seminole Church of Christ. Steve's going to grab the Jesus van and go. If you'd like to ride the Jesus van to go over there, see him. See Steve. So it's a one-day lectureship. There's a announcement on the bulletin board out there talking about the topics that they're going to talk about. Five o'clock tonight, worship here, mask required. I already told you that. And Wednesday we have Bible studies here. Mike is finished Colossians, and he will have a one-week lesson on Philemon. Unless you're a second or third, fourth grader who took my class many years ago, as they learned the books of the Bible, and they called him Flea Man, like he was a superhero or something. So it'll always be Flea Man to me. Um, so Flea Man this week, and then he's going to pick up on a topic. Be, brave, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous is the, is the pick topic. Um, that's also the theme for uh, speeches for lives leaders. So if the kids are being part of that, they might even tune in on video or whatever. So anywho, that's the, that's the news. Stay faithful, stay vigilant. You know, make decisions that are best for you. Make decisions that are best for your family, whatever those decisions are. Um, stay faithful. It's the best decision you can possibly make. Shall we stand for our closing song? Lead me gently home, Father. Lead me gently Yeah. Mm -hmm.
Dear Lord, we thank you for working through Matt to provide today's lessons to us. The world doesn't number our days, you do, and we should take advantage of that to further spread your word. I ask that you be with everyone on the sick list and anyone battling COVID right now through these tough times. I ask that you be with us during this week until we are able to reunite here again. In your son's name we pray, amen.